Hello, and welcome to the Activation Nation podcast, your weekly source of actionable advice from industry experts in self-development, health, life vantage products, network marketing, and more to help you activate your wellness, your business, and your life. Today's episode focuses on company, one of the four pillars of belief. But first, the legal stuff. You may hear our guests talk about the income they've earned or how their health has been affected with LifeVantage. Please note that the average annual earnings of a typical active LifeVantage distributor in 2021 was $704. For the most up-to-date information, please click the link in our show notes. Any product statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And now, here's your host to dive into today's story to help you activate your life. Activation Nation, what is going on? It's Colton Smith, one of your directors of sales here at LifeVantage, coming to you with another incredible episode of the Activation Nation podcast where I had the opportunity, the privilege to sit down with Master Pro 10, Brandon Cunningham. This is a a gentleman that I've been able to work with for well over 12 years here at LifeVantage in a lot of different capacities, been able to travel with him uh, all over the United States, sharing the LifeVantage story, talking about our products and the opportunity. He and his wife, Lynette, are incredible leaders here at our company, have two amazing kids. And uh, in particular, this episode, we are talking about belief in yourself and belief in building, uh, belief in yourself and building a LifeVantage business. And Brandon and Lynette have a very unique story where they, LifeVantage, this is their first go around in this industry. And so they're coming into this thing fresh with a fresh pair of eyes, trying to figure things out from the ground up. And I think if you, if you want to find someone and, and try to see, you know, what does it take to build a LifeVantage business? You got to look no further than Brandon and Lynette Cunningham, incredible leaders. And, you know, we were fortunate enough to snag Brandon Cunningham for a few minutes while he was here at the corporate office and sit down and kind of pick his brain as to what what it takes to build a life managed business to to Pro 10. And so I really hope you're sitting there paying attention and ready to rock and roll. So without further ado, Master Pro 10, Brandon Cunningham. Brandon Cunningham. Welcome to Utah. What's up, my man? I love Utah. You like Utah? You know, I don't think I ever came to Utah before LifeVantage, but now it's kind of like, I think I want to buy a house here. I think you should. You can live out by me. I'm kind of... I'm kind of in the desert, which is I'm. I knowing you, I don't think you'd want to live out there. Desert doesn't sound good. No, and it's beyond kinda. I do really want to buy a house here um, because I really like Utah. Well, I know. Well, Well, I like the snow. The snow, and that's and that's the thing because we're recording this when there really isn't any snow here in the mountains. So, but I hear snow. The snowbird kind of can go late. I've heard. May, yeah. June sometimes, which excites me. It it, it can. Florida guy. Man. Like a Florida guy in May. Are you kidding me? Yeah, this, but, you know, unfortunately, the timing's off right now. Check back in a couple months. Okay. Come back here in a couple months. We'll I have been months. in Utah before. One of my first trips to Utah, uh, we went golfing, and I never golfed before I got into LifeVantage. I had no reason to golf, but it was the thing to do, I guess. And so we went golfing, and I literally got sunburned. Hail fell on us, rain. Let's I'm like, go. good Lord, what is going <laughs> on? This is crazy. What kind of state is this? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, 
You know, I feel like you get that a little bit kind of everywhere, except for maybe Florida. No, I like, don't. it literally could have snowed that day, dude. Like it really, like, it was yeah. that cold and not hot in okay. the same day. <laughs> maybe that's just maybe that's just us. Brandon Cunningham here at the corporate office, and for those of you listening, uh, listening, Brandon Cunningham, an incredible leader here at LifeVantage. Uh, also one of our master Pro 10 distributors at this company. If you have no idea what that means, if you look at our compensation plan, this is someone who who's built a business that does on average, and we're not going to talk about spe- specific numbers, anything like that, um, but our Pro 10s do about a million dollars worth of sales of volume every single month. And uh, so this is the caliber of person that we're going to be talking to today. Pretty Pretty good guy to talk to if you want to learn about life vantage, if you want to learn about what it takes to, to build this business. And in fact, what we're going to be talking about today, we're going to be diving into the pillar of belief, which is belief in yourself. And I'm assuming you got to have a lot of belief in yourself if you want to become a master pro 10 at life vantage. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. At some point. Or you don't- at, at some point, but <laughs> I, can, I can promise you there was a lot. We almost quit at Pro 5, dude. Like we, yeah. almost, we almost called it a day. It's like this, this, this is where the train stops. This, <laughs> yeah. That's enough. Yeah. yeah I don't yeah, want to do this anymore. That's, so we weren't, we weren't born into network marketing with this massive belief that this was it and this was real and this was going to happen for us. There was a lot of doubts. No, well, for sure. Well, we're going to talk all, all about that, but before we get too far into the weeds, let's, let's learn a little bit more about kind of you, where you're from, your family, the Cunningham family. Let's learn about them. Some of the hobbies. What do you guys like to do? What do you do out there in Florida? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, the, the the powerful half is not even here right now. She's at home. So, um, so first thing, the Cunninghams. Uh, people are usually kind of blown away when they find out we've been married. It'll be thirty years this year. Wow, that we've been married. So um, we got married really young. Um, I was barely 21. Lynette was 18 years old. Like that is so crazy to me because I've got like teenagers in the house and I'm like, oh my God, what was my parents thinking? But you know, at that age, my parents didn't have any say I'd moved out and like, you know, a a teenager, you think, you know, everything. So, uh, we were making decisions on our own, but, uh, so almost married 30 years, two kids, uh, 17 year old boy, 15 year old girl, and, uh, have been at life vantage. October. So we're coming right up on it. Um, yeah, like we're right at our 13 year anniversary. You're almost a life vanished teenager. Yeah. 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 Like I'm about to get really rebellious, I guess. Let's go. As a (laughs) distributor. (laughs) If you haven't seen nothing yet, (laughs) I'm about to get really crazy. (laughs) That's awesome. So almost 13 years at life vantage. And I think, I think all of us would kind of like to hear, I've, I've been fortunate enough where I've, I've known you for, 12 of those 13 years, I've been able to travel with you all over the place. We've done some road shows. We've, you know, traveled to different countries, kind of, I've been able to Were kind of- Were you in interact. Mexico when, when, when Skip made the income claim on stage? There Were may you? have been a chance. <laughs> there may have been a chance. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, but it's a lot of fun, you know, that over the years, I've been able to hear your story in a lot of different contexts, uh, but obviously our- are, uh, a lot of our listeners maybe have not heard your full story. So prior to joining LifeVantage in October 2009, I think we want to hear about, you know, what were what were the Cunninghams up to? Woof. Uh, we were up to a really weird place in our adult life because if you remember 2009, um, that was a 
difficult time for a lot of people financially. Um, and we were in the net, not network market space. We were in the real estate and automotive industries. So, um, we, my wife and I had bought into, we bought a friend of ours business, um, that was in the, the car business. Uh, he wanted to move back to California, didn't want his kids in Florida. Um, and we, he wanted to sell his business. So, um, prior to that, this is, you know, just strange the way life works. We were in the metal refinishing business. So what that means is we cleaned elevators. Uh, at, at night, when everybody would leave during the day, elevators that were dirty or stained or people put graffiti in it, we would come in, clean them, get the scratches out, get the graffiti out, re-clear coat them, and everybody shows up the next day and their elevators are pretty. So we did that. Problem with that was it was travel work, it was night work, it was nasty chemical work, um, and that that kind of that ship sailed because at some point, you know, you just could, I couldn't find people to work for me anymore because it was all of the above that I just said. So, um, my friend wanted to buy this, sell this business. We get into the car business and never had done that before, but it was very lucrative. We did really, really good there. Um, but that 2008, 2009 run came and all of the money we were making from the car business, um, we were, investing a lot of that in real estate. Mm -hmm. um, I, I hope we get to talk about it a little bit later today on this podcast, but um, my grandparents were real estate developers and were heavily invested in real estate. And the I went a long time after high school before I read anything, but the very first book I read out of, after high school was a book by Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that book kind of rocked my world. So I knew that I wanted to be in real estate. I knew I wanted to build, uh, I wanted to build a portfolio of rentals that um, I could live off the, the cash flow. Like that, that was the game. And so we were doing that and we were running strong until 2008. Things started to turn. And by 2009, <laughs> it didn't turn. The bottom dropped out, as a lot of you guys probably will remember. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I was 37 years old at that time. We had two kids. They were like baby babies, diaper babies. Um, and, uh, we weren't living extravagant lives. That's if you know my wife at all, like that woman, like I'm so thankful she doesn't spend a bunch of money, but that woman is just as happy by finding a $5 dress at TJ Maxx as if you bought a $500 dress. Like she's prouder. Like I tell her all the time, people are like, oh, where'd you get that dress? And she's like, oh, girl, $5 at TJ. I'm like, will you stop, please? <laughs> stop telling everybody you shop. <laughs> she laughs about it. Um, so anyway, we were frugal with our money. Um, we were stashing it all away. And literally, we saw 17 years of doing that, working hard, sacrificing, stashing money away, dealing with all the tenants and the toilets and the whatevers disappear. Like in six months, we saw all that cash flow disappear. We saw all that equity disappear. And uh, I was angry. I was I was not a fun person to be around. And that's when we were introduced to to this. So that's what we were about before life. Vanished. Well, yeah. And let's. I mean, that's a, that's pretty wild. I, I think a lot of people listening to this podcast can vividly remember that specific period of time and what happened to them. And I think maybe your story is pretty, 
you know, probably sounds like what happened to a lot of people where, you know, you just out of nowhere, the bottom falls out and you had a specific plan in mind and you had businesses and things that you were doing. And, and next thing you know, it's, it's gone. And, uh, and so I think, I think from there, we want to kind of know what, what made you take a look at, at network marketing? Cause it sounds like prior, prior to life vantage, there doesn't seem to be any prior experience in the network marketing industry. It's funny. A lot of traditional business. <clears throat> when we first got married, we were so broke. Um, we lived in a trailer, like people all the time are like, you know, I think they have these misconceptions of pro tens, um, but we lived in a mobile home. And um, I remember my wife, she was selling Cutco at the time. And she was in someone's home that was big in Amway. And she comes home one day and she didn't even know it was Amway. She's like, hey, so-and-so is at their place, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they invited us to go to this business conference in Fort Lauderdale. And I'm like, cool, because I have never been to Fort Lauderdale. And they were like, they were going to pay for everything, right? Mm -hmm. So I know what they were doing now. They were recruiting Lynette, right? So we go down to Fort Lauderdale, and I go to this convention. And I, <laughs> um, we quickly found out. But I, you know, I'm from a small town in South Louisiana, and I was really never exposed at a young age to network marketing. I, I kind of knew kind of what it was, but it wasn't until – we were in Florida um, that we were exposed to network marketing. Um, and then, of course, Florida's a big market. So it was like literally every year, every couple months, we were getting asked to go take a look at someone's deal. Um, but I think your question was about how, how did we get introduced to network marketing? You're going to you're gonna have to keep me on the path here, dude. You're doing great. Because <laughs> I, I can get off into the weeds. Um, <clears throat> but it was a call from my cousin. Um, from Texas um, in around September of 09. And she approached us because of the health aspects of ProTandem. Um, and so forgive me, but when I talk about ProTandem, it's ProTandem Nerf 2. I really don't say Nerf 2 too much, but it's ProTandem Nerf 2 that I'm talking about. And she introduced us to the product. But um, she... Um, she knew my love for real estate. She had gotten involved in real estate in Texas. Um, and she was obviously aware of what was going on in real estate. And she said, Hey, I think you need to take a look at this thing too, because there's an opportunity here. And, uh, it's the funniest thing, Colton, because looking back, like if someone's worked 17 years of their life and made a lot of sacrifice and it all disappears, like that's typically what you would think is like not a good time to introduce them to a network marketing opportunity. So the opposite ended up being true. Like it was the perfect time for her to introduce this to us. But when I looked at this for the first time, um, like my, the situation we were in was so devastating. And we're like, listen, when this hall went down in 2009, because of the way it went down and how fast it happened, our car business thrived. We were making more money in 2009 than we'd ever made in our life. All of our investments, like all of our future money disappeared, but our current mm -hmm. money went up because all of our competition in the state of Florida went out of business. 
Like we were the show. We were the only show in town. So the problem with that was I went from working in a small area around Tampa, Florida, and pretty much calling the shots from a time standpoint that I had to be everywhere to keep my dealerships happy. Like I had to be all over. So I went from working five hour days to a lot of 15 hour days. And it was that that was driving me nuts because I didn't want to go backwards financially. Like I don't think anybody, when, when you get dealt a blow financially, no one wants to go backwards. No, like no one wants to have to sell their house, sell their cars, change their lifestyle. So I didn't want to do that. So I just worked more hours. Mm. I just, I just put in the hours. I hustled. And so we didn't, we didn't have to sell the house. We didn't have to sell the cars. We, we did all that, but I was going insane working. And if you know anything about me, <laughs> the joke about me, well, before all of this happened, um, I, from a young age knew I was not good employment material. Like I was never <laughs> a good employee <laughs> since you said we could just tell some real <laughs> stories here. My first job was at a grocery store and I was on the cash register and they took me off the cash register because I always had more money in the register than I was supposed <laughs> to. <laughs> they were like, something doesn't add up. Like the carrots and the potatoes, but you, and I was messing up the food stamps. Like they were giving me food stamps and I wasn't doing the transactions. And I'm like, I don't get it, guys. There's more money in the register than it's supposed to be. Shouldn't you be like, like pumped? Should, shouldn't <laughs> like, I be getting a promotion? I'm doing. I, <laughs> Should I have your job I'm by now? Us money. <laughs> so they put me in produce, <laughs> and so I was never good employee material at all. Um, and so I, uh, I actually loved the sport of motocross. Um, I actually did it at the professional level. Not good enough to make the big contracts. But I raced the fastest guys in the world. I, like I, I raced them, the supercross stuff, the outdoor stuff, and um, I was a better teacher. Like I got hurt a few times and I couldn't ride, and so the parents were like, "Hey, um, will you teach my kid?" And what I'm getting at here is, um, I loved having the ability to do what I want when I want, and that ship kind of the, the the teaching thing, motocross thing. Lynette, it was a lot of travel involved again. Um, and she was a trooper. Like, you know, she, she went everywhere with us. We did all the stuff and we even taught out of the country. I, I created, uh, riding D like DVDs, instructional DVDs that were out there. Um, but it was uh, just a phase of life where she's like, you know, I'm done with that. She wanted to have kids and the travel and all that stuff wasn't going to work. So that's when we went into traditional business. That's when I got into the car mm -hmm. business and, um, but deep down inside me, um, controlling my time was extremely important. And when that thing happened in 2009 and I couldn't, I couldn't work four hours a day anymore, five hours a day, I had to work eight, 10, 12, 15 hour days, Saturdays, Sundays, right. it was killing me. It was right. eating me alive. Right. And I, and I can imagine, you know, I, obviously I know you and Lynette and you too. I mean, it's hard to find people that are more that that work harder that are more entrepreneurial and 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 that kind of focused in terms of 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 drive of building a business um but you know kind of kind of tapping into that you have all this you guys are entrepreneurs building traditional business you find life vantage 
it's it's still business, but it's a, a definitely a different industry. You're you're shifting over to the industry of network marketing. I guess we'd like to know kind of what was your what was the biggest shift for you transitioning over to building a network marketing business compared to what you two had been doing previously? Yeah. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> well, just like anything, there's a lot of unknown and you got a wife and kids and the house and the cars and the responsibilities um, to shift your income is a big deal. Like that's like that. How, how do you do that and not be scared, not be worried about if it's going to work or not? Um, and so there was a lot of a, a lot of questions and time and thought that went into when we started to do this full time. Um, but I think it's important for everyone to know that you don't just wake up one day and go, okay, we're going to do this full time. I mean, if you do that, I guess you can make that decision, but I've never really seen that work. Um, with the way this worked for us is we did both. Like I, Lynette and I started building this business as we were continuing to maintain our traditional businesses. So uh, what that looks like is some of the things we enjoy doing that were not earning us money. I'll never forget um, a distributor, a prominent distributor at the time, um, asked me what I do with my time outside of work and told him and uh, at the time, because of the motocross thing, I couldn't do that anymore. And I never stopped being competitive. So um, I got into endurance sports, got into triathlons, mainly because I dislocate. I'm, I can go all over the place. You're going to keep me <laughs> on the path here. But I dislocated my hip really bad in the late 90s. And the doctor basically said, if you don't keep that hip moving, we're, you're going to be. He said, you are, will be the youngest person I ever replace a hip on. Wow. So I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound good. Um, so I got into cycling, into triathlon, super competitive. Um, and uh, this distribu distributor goes, so how much money do you make doing triathlons? <laughs> and I'm like, none. And I kind of knew where he was going. Yep. I knew yep. where the conversation yep. was going. And he's like, well, I'm going to recommend you stop doing those for a while and take that time and build this business. So that's what this boils down to. Um, I don't think it's wise to just go from zero to a hundred in this thing, because there is a learning curve. You got to build a team. There's your efforts and then there's your team's efforts. And if you're going to really crush it in network marketing, <laughs> it has everything to do with your team's efforts and your ability to lead that team. It starts with you, starts with your efforts, but at the end of the day, um, you got to lead a team. And so, we started building this business as we were running the car business mm -hmm. and selling houses and getting that inventory off of our books. Um, and we did that. Um, dude, we ran that car business till we were pro nines. Wow. Yeah. It was pro nine when we finally pulled the trigger and there was a guy that was our lead guy, basically our lead technicians, and I just made him a sweetheart, de sweetheart deal, and and gave gave him the business. Basically, a lot. I I financed the business to him, um, and I told him what we were doing if he was interested in taking the company over. But yeah, we were we were pro nines, dude, and then and then shipped it over here full time. Mm -hmm. But that that's an incredible journey, and I and and I kind of want to go back to something that you talked about. You mentioned it almost at the very beginning of the episode, but. 
Uh, you said, you know, we, we made mention of the fact that you and Lynette are obviously master pro tens. I think a lot of people listening to this, they, they look to, they want to be where you're at, but you made, you made a comment that you're like, I, you know, we got to pro five and we almost dipped to like, that was, that was enough or, or there was so much going on, or maybe the journey was too difficult. Could you, could you elaborate on that a little bit? Because we, I think a lot of people need to really kind of understand like you don't you don't just wake up and become a master pro 10 like it's it's a lot of work and we we want to hear you know you got to the rank of pro five and you know what what happened from that point what made it that you guys wanted to seriously consider maybe walking away and just yeah. saying it's not this it wasn't clear then it's clear now what happened so um what happened is you know at pro five unless unless you've got some really unique situations in your team. You are the hardest working person on your team. At Pro5, there is no one outworking you um, on your team. If you have someone on your team that's working as hard as you or harder in, in your Pro5, like you should be, I don't know, you should, you should be very grateful for that because it's highly unusual. What's usual, what's normal is you're doing all the work. You're doing all the calls, all the trainings, all the three-way calls, all the presentations, all the everything. And like we were used to a certain type of income for the amount of time we were putting into things. And so I knew how much money I should be making for the amount of time I was putting in. But the problem, what I didn't know then and I know now, is I was comparing linear income to leveraged income. Linear meaning work an hour, get paid an hour. I knew what my time was worth in the car business. I knew how much money I made an hour, basically. And I wasn't even making 5% of that in network marketing. And like, you know, a rational mind just goes, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like, what are you doing? Like you're doing, you, you said you were doing this to get your time back, yet you're spending very valuable time making peanuts. And it's why we almost quit. Like we were doing so much work, not making any money. Uh, we were in that, you know, those phases of the business. There's three phases of this business financially. There's the phase where you're underpaid. And then there's a phase where you're kind of paid about what effort and work you're putting in. And then there's the phase that everybody wants and everybody has to determine what that is. But uh, we were definitely square in the middle of underpaid. And yeah, we, I was like, I, I would have not like left the company because we, from day one, love the product. Um, and I was being introduced to some really cool people, some really real cool people that I wanted to, I wanted to be around longer, but yeah, we almost quit. And I think, um, I think it's a feeling, I think it's, I don't, I think it's a feeling every distributor goes through, I think. Um, that they want to quit. Like I just, by the way, I listen to all these podcasts. They've been great. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that should be a success. We got, we got a, we got an endorsement, an official endorsement from Su a master pro 10. Success leads clues, right? I just listened to Shinsato's and that story about his, uh, his, his little girl saying mm -hmm. you lied, right? Yeah. That's, that was yeah. like, wow. But that's why it's hard. That, like that's really hard. That's the real thing. Like that's what's really happening in our in our private conversations. And so that's why that's why network marketing is hard. It's not physically hard. It's mentally hard. And it's the 
it's, you know, it, whether it's the time you're putting in or the money you're making or the struggles with your family, um, that's all real. And everybody has to go through that. Right. Right. And, and I, I think we want to learn from you a little bit about, you know, obviously when you're, you're starting up here at Life Vantage or really anyone kind of taking their, kind of dipping their toe into Life Vantage, trying to get things started, there's probably a, a lot of concerns and we, you see an array of people, whether maybe this is the first time they've ever tried to run their own business or they're first time entrepreneurs and they might have certain concerns or certain uh, fears or, or they, they might have certain things that they're not sure that they can do this. What are, in your experience from what you've seen in, in your years at LifeVantage, what are, what are some of the common, I guess, concerns or insecurities that people have uh, when they are starting to build their, their business and how do they overcome those insecurities? Hmm. Yeah, I guess it's different. I, I mean, the thing that jumps out at me first is um, the insecurity or the thought of what people will think about them because they've got involved in network marketing. I just, from my personal experience, like I've told this story a few times, like there was a there was a realtor, a broker that I had bought several houses from. So much so that like he wouldn't even leave the office. Like I knew the neighborhood so well that um, he would give me the address and I would drive by the house. I wouldn't even go in the houses and we would write offers and do deals. And, and he made a lot of commission checks off of us. And I say off of us. I mean, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have got the houses. But let's just say we, we put some food on his table and I just knew that guy was going to do this. Like here, you know. Lynette and I, our customers are here. We've got access to money. We're buying houses. We're fixing them. We're flipping them. We're making money. From the outside looking in, this guy's got to go. Like, okay, this guy's got some things figured out. So I go to him and we have lunch. And I lay this thing out a little bit, which, you know, um, thinking back on the situation it was early. Like there was no one really involved in Tampa. So like I would have loved to had a third party there. I'd love to have my upline there, but my upline lived in Texas. So if I was going to have the meeting, I had to go do it. Mm. So we did it. And he goes, Brandon, this, this sounds like network marketing. And I'm like, it is. And he goes, oh, I will never do network marketing. And he goes, I'm surprised you're doing network marketing. And then he kind of leans up and he goes, are things that bad for you? Oh, jeez. <laughs> and I was like, oh, like, I don't know if I want to strangle you, <laughs> crawl under the table, I or think just you'd be justified. Like, I was, I was like embarrassed and, um, it set me back. I would be lying if I said that didn't kind of set me back. I went in the parking lot and I had to kind of think to myself, like, what am I doing? Like, wh what really am I doing right now? Um, and so I think the biggest hurdle is people overcoming the fear or the thoughts of insecurity is what people will think as they start to do this business. Um, I was, <laughs> there's, there's funny, there's, there's always two dates for people when they do this business, they'll go, they'll go, I'll ask them. So when, when did you get started with life Vantage? And they'll go, Oh, this is when I signed up, but this is when I got started. And I'm like, explain that to me. What's that mean? And I know exactly what it means. Um, it's when they decided to actually do the business versus just being signed up. And that period of time is the period of time where, where they're wrestling with their emotions of they've told a few people, maybe they got their feelings hurt, maybe they got a bunch of no's, and they're just kind of like 
trying to figure out if they're going to tell another person about this business. That's that's what's going on. And so um, that's the most difficult part to me is the vulnerability in the beginning. I think that's still today what separates the majority of people that do this business from the, the people who just won't or don't is allowing yourself to be like vulnerable to someone else by you being involved in network marketing. Because let's face it, we know that network marketing um, is not an industry that is highly respected as a business, although it should be. <laughs> right. Right. And, and, and I think, I think where you were at right there, I think it transitions pretty well into my next question here, which I kind of wanted to tap into, which, which revolves around, you know, you're talking about overcoming fear and, and being in the right mindset. I think the next question here deals with, with personal development. I think a lot of that kind of fits within, within obviously you're building your business, but you're also, you're also working on yourself and, even as a master pro 10, I, I would imagine, I mean, you can let us know, but even as a pro 10, do you still do personal development? Like what are, what are some of the things that you do? Like, do you still do personal development? If so, what are you doing? Yeah. 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 Actually more now than ever. Sounds kind of crazy. Um, but I know now it's, it's, it's one of the biggest, um, pieces of the puzzle to success is personal development. Um, because people don't join companies, people don't join products, people join people. And um, no one is going to join you if you're a train wreck. Let's just, I'm, I'm gonna be real honest. Like if, if you're a train wreck, people can tell that you're a train wreck and they're not signing up to hang out with train wrecks. Like people, People want to associate with, rub shoulders with, with people who are, you know, got, got some things kind of going for them. And um, the saying is, in order to lift someone up, you have to be standing on higher ground. And so how do you get on higher ground? It's personal development. It's, it's, doing the things that other people are not willing to do. It's making sacrifices that other people are not willing to make. It's, um, it's all those things that put you in a position that um, allows you to think a different way, allows you to make decisions a different way, um, that ultimately gives you the ability to lead teams. And so personal development is it's massive. In fact, I just downloaded an app this morning that I'm kind of excited about um, because it takes takes 15 minute little chunks. It takes books and kind of summarizes them in 15 minutes and gives you the overview of the book in 15 minutes. Um, so don't even ask me the name of the app because I wouldn't even know. But I just <laughs> downloaded it this morning. Um, I will. I'm a podcast junkie at this point, um, so I'm probably on podcast at least three times a week, um, like a new podcast. And then if, if I like the podcast or there's some really good stuff, I go back and listen and take notes and I got like a notebook of podcasts with my own cliff notes. Um, and I use like, I use what I learn in personal development quite often in our team trainings and things that we're doing because, um, I know after doing this for 13 years, that a lot of people track their volume 
<laughs> track their enrollments. Few people track leadership development. But the reason Lynette and I've had the success we've had at this company is um, we have went in heavy in personal development and we make it conversations in our team. We make it a part of the fiber of our team, a part mm -hmm. of the culture of our team. Um, because I know it's not if you're going to have down moments, you're going to have down moments. And um, I know, I know so clearly in my organization who's doing personal development and who's not. And it's by how negative they are or how positive they are. Right. So obviously, you know, you're talking about personal development podcasts. You listen to the Activation Nation podcast, obviously. I haven't missed one. I know it comes out every Friday. It has every been. Friday. There you go. New episode every Friday. So how about that? A Pro 10 knows Let's when go. they come out. If a Pro 10 knows it, then you for and sure listening probably if, should if know it I, too. If I know when they're released, that should let you know that you should probably and, know when they're released. And if a released. Pro 10 uses the podcast for you know personal development and learning and hearing the stories, maybe I, so I would imagine. There's some other podcasts. Uh, I, you know, um, I, I love business. I love finance. Um, and... Um, all, all tracing back to my desire to not to have time, time choices. Like that's been my deal since I've been very young. Like I, I like to do what I want to do. And I hate that we have to have currency. I hate that we have to have money to pay for things. I wish we didn't. Um, but as long as we have to have currency to pay for things and it has to be important to me. And so, um, yeah, most of the podcasts that I listen to, or either business related or uh, network marketing related. Awesome, awesome, and and kind of staying in that same lane of of talking about personal development. Obviously, you've you've done a lot of personal development. And you've grown over the years and in, in building a network marketing business. And you kind of talk. You kind of give us a couple of examples. I, I'd like to hear a little bit more about it. About how you know, as you've done your own personal development, how is that? kind of rubbed off on your team? Like, has your team followed suit? Have your leaders done the same sort of thing? They see your example, what you're doing, and have things changed as you built your business with with your downline? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of funny. Um, I've got distributors that have been um, partners of ours for a long time. And when they, they'll say every once in a while, man, I... I really want you to know that I appreciate how much you've grown. You've really grown a lot. My, I, I never take that as a compliment. <laughs> I'm always thinking, wow, was hey, I a jerk? What did that, what was like, I like? Was I like, was I, was I, was I that Thanks, off? I guess. Was I that, okay, was I that cool. shallow? Was it all about me? Um, and probably. Um, and so, yeah, personal development has been um, a big part of our business and, uh, the way that extends to our team, because um, to me, personal development to sometimes, sometimes that sounds kind of hokey to people, you know, um, but really it's a pretty simple deal. It's just allowing you to look at things a little bit differently than you did before. And the result of the hope is that you can, take your new perspective on something and improve your life 
and improve the lives of others. And it's just learning. Like it's just learning from people that have more, that's all. Personal development is just surrounding yourself with people who have more experience than you on a given subject. And so um, I have identified a few people um, that are either still living or have passed that have massively impacted us so that it changes our thinking a little bit, changes our perspective on things a little bit. What's great about personal development is it does allow you to kind of look at things from a different perspective. And ultimately, that is the key element to our success is your thoughts, right? Um, I remember uh, our Elite Academy, uh, Rich Hardesty, thoughts become things. I'll never forget that because um, that's really what this is all about is ne uh, network marketing exposing you to some uh, personal development so you can have success. And that personal development allows you to think differently. And when you start thinking differently, you can then act differently. And so that's what we try to do with our team is um, we try to impress upon them the importance of personal development because without the personal development, you can't force another human how to think a certain way. That has to be an internal job. Like that's something they have to do and decide mm -hmm. themselves, okay? So I, can, I, can, I can't tell you how to think, only you can tell you how to think. And that's the beauty of personal development is um, I can suggest certain books, suggest certain podcasts, uh, certain episodes, and I do this frequently in our team. If I, if I feel like there's something I've heard, I will make a note in my phone and I will, my team will tell you this, um, whether I think it's something good for the whole team or just my leaders, um, I will say, hey guys, go, go listen to this. And if you want, you can skip the first four minutes, skip to this and listen to this. I do that frequently um, because my hope is that they will listen to that and then it will put some thoughts in their minds, thoughts become things, and um, it will yield a different result. So without a doubt, personal development is so important. Absolutely, and, and people listening right now, I mean, they, again, looking at you being a master pro 10, you have you know, a, lot of, a lot of leaders underneath you, a lot of people that are doing personal development, and obviously they, they would like to probably do the, the, the same thing of, of being able to inspire their teams, to motivate their teams underneath them. Uh, in, your, in your opinion, what is the best advice you could give to, you know, if I'm a brand new leader at LifeVantage, I've maybe brought in a few distributors underneath me or I got a small organization underneath me, what was the best piece of advice that you could give uh, that new leader trying to help their teams build confidence in themselves that they can do this? Hmm. Well, that's like a loaded question because the word leader is used. I'm not saying you're doing this, but oh, I, the, fields do, the field does this. <laughs> the word leader is used very loosely. Um, so defining that is extremely important um, because you're like, you guys have this big team, you're pro 10, blah, blah, blah. You got all these leaders. And um, I think it might surprise a lot of people to know how very few leaders it takes to build a pro 10 business. Like some people might think, you know, we just have dozens and dozens and dozens of leaders. And if you define leadership, I mean, the way I define leadership, um, it's not dozens and dozens and dozens. And that should inspire everyone that's listening to this. 
um, that would like to be an elite distributor or a master distributor, it should inspire you to know that it doesn't take a lot of leaders on your team to help you get what you want. Now, I'm not painting this picture that you're just, it's a lottery and you get lucky and you just find this person and all of a sudden you're going to be successful because you've got to put the work in to go work with everyone like we Lynette and I were not selective of who we were going to work with like we worked with everyone until we found people that had the it like to us the it like we have this we have this way in what we look for uh and it's not a hundred percent um but there there are people that we can identify that we believe can turn into one of those leaders but those people that are leaders, they're problem solvers. They're the ones that are, uh, when, you know, when there's a fire, there's people running out and those leaders are running in. When there's, when there's a problem, there's always gonna be problems. Like if you have an organization that doesn't have drama, you don't have an organization, dude. Right. Like there's always gonna be problems. And what you want is leadership in your organization that's handling those problems if all the problems are coming back to you that's a really good sign that you don't have enough leadership a lot of a lot of the problems in our organization gets handled before it gets to lynette and i and that's because of their personal development and hopefully lynette and i's ability to identify little things that can help people change the way they think um, and then by changing the way they think, change their actions. And those actions have this ripple effect, the butterfly effect. Right. Right. That's awesome. And, and, you know, we only got a few minutes left with you. And I understand you got to jump on a late night flight back to Florida. Uh, we're going to miss you here, having you here in Utah, but I, I'm asking this question for me, this next question for me. Um, cause I, I'm personally interested in this. Let's say that we have a time machine. Let's say we have a DeLorean and we're able to take it back to October. You're <laughs> able back, to take it back. You're back to the future, there, man. Back to the future, man. <laughs> I actually, being completely transparent, I didn't actually see Back to the Future for the first time until like two years ago. <laughs> like I saw it for the first time as like a 31-year-old man. And every every single person that I told that to leading up to that point, they're just like, are you serious? And yeah, it's... It's it's an okay movie. I think I, I got interested in guitars and blue jean jackets because of McFly. Because like of it, Marty it was, McFly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's fine. Like it's I'm like okay, this is pretty cool. I like the car, the DeLorean. Yeah. In fact, we're gonna imagine that we're we have a DeLorean, go back in time. We're gonna drive that sucker all the way back to October 2009, and let's say you got that opportunity maybe to just to talk to yourself back in back at that time when you're starting up at Life Vantage. What would be the one piece of advice, the one thing that you would say to 2009 Brandon Cunningham and Lynette Cunningham starting up this business? Oof. Um, well, you know, coming into this thing without any experience and not knowing what the industry is, we had we had quite a bit of time there where we hadn't married the industry yet. Like we dated, we dated the industry for a while. Um, so the one thing I would say is, um, like, if you're going to date this thing, like, don't, don't spend months between dates, like date every day, like go figure out if this thing's for real for you. What I know now is it's better to figure out if this is for you quicker, sooner than later. I see so many people that, you know, will 
not do this thing for real for a couple years. Um, and then either time catches up with them, like Jim Rohn says, or the birds, the birds get them, man. Jim, I love Jim Rohn. Like, if, man, personal development, Jim Rohn, guys, I'm telling you, the, that is just golden stuff right there. It's as good as it gets for network marketing and personal development, in my opinion. Um, the birds get people like, you know, they just, they get plucked. Um, I remember hustling, like hassling you guys a lot because I think the first 13 of 15 corporate events of the first 15 corporate events, 13 of them were Texas or West. Mm-hmm. And we were out in Florida and I went on a, on a regular bust you guys. I'm like, yo, they are people in this company east of Texas. <laughs> Y'all need some events out here. And that's because um, it was so hard for our team to get to those events. But honestly, looking back now, you guys did us a favor because it sifted and sorted the pretenders for us. I got to see who wanted this early enough. And so if there's one thing I would say is don't, if I could go back, like don't, don't make this easy. Don't try and make things easy on your team. Like the harder something is, the better. Like this deal with COVID that we just went through was hard. It was distracting. It was hard. But man, did I get to see who was for real on my team and who was pretending because it was hard. Like that was stressful. That was a hard thing to go through. So the harder the event, the further it is from home, the, all that stuff, if I had to go back and do it again, I might say, hey, guys, can y'all do all the events in Utah? Because I want to see who's for real and who's not in this business. Um, so that, that's one thing I would say is don't, don't date this thing for too long. Figure out if it's for you um, because it's not for everybody. But here's the thing. <laughs> it's for real. I mean, we're, we're living proof. We'd never done this before. We're normal people. I didn't go to college. I didn't have this massive network. Um, I was scared like everybody else. I wanted to quit like everybody else. Like I'm just like everybody else. Um, this thing is for real. This industry is for real. This company's for real. And what I know now more than anything at my 13 years and experience in this business is the most beautiful part of this profession to me is introducing new people to it and giving them an opportunity to have what we have. And honestly, I just want everybody to be happy. Like if you're, if you're a distributed life advantage and you're happy, dude, you, you won, you're, you won. Like to be happy is a wonderful place to be. Um, and events is where leadership is born. Like you're, I'm telling you, get to events. If, if you're really bad at inviting or really bad at following up or really bad at the overviews, whatever, what makes up for all that is getting people to events so that they can make a decision and go do this business. And um, you can't go back in time, but I think if I'd had been better as a leader in setting the pace, I think I would have some incredible people still doing this business that have quit along the way because they didn't get what they needed here. Mm -hmm. Um, And I may, I may be part of the problem because maybe they were following my example by being in management mode. So um, I'm, I'm kind of flipped the script on that. Absolutely. Awesome. Getting to events, events like, uh, you know, maybe a global convention. It's going to be happening here very, very shortly. And I'm assuming you're going to be joining us in Phoenix, Arizona. Let me think about it. <laughs> yeah, you can think about it. Well, now, now that I think about it, now that, you know, now you're putting me on the spot. Maybe Absolutely. I should just stay. Maybe I shouldn't fly home. Maybe I should just stay out here. <laughs> we'll, we'll take, again, I know where you can stay. Just, if you don't mind the desert. If you don't mind the desert, we got, we got cows out there. We got, yeah, okay, maybe you don't like that much. Yeah. 
Absolutely awesome. Well, my notes here say any any last words. Is there uh, any last words? Maybe uh, start one, bench one, cut one. Uh, Tom Brady, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, and Drew Brees. Oh, don't get me on football. Uh, <laughs> That's that that's more emotional than being a network marketing <laughs> distributor. Especially if you're a Saints fan. Good lord. Um anyway, uh last words. I'm I'm forever grateful for Life Vantage and the opportunity to be a part of this thing, to be, you know, what it is. Um and all the people that we've got to work with in the past, uh, all the people that we're getting to work with now on both sides, whether it's the corporate side, the distributor side. Um you know, uh, every day we're, we're, we're given um, a chance and a choice. I saw this recently. Like every day we, we wake up, we've got another chance. Like we got one more day, right? Everybody's got that day. And we all have choices to make the day. And we all make choices throughout the day. And um, that's, that's what's cool to, for me about this opportunity is I get a chance every day to make some choices that will impact people in a way that no other profession has has ever done for me like i know my worth in the car business <laughs> i know I, I know my worth uh riding dirt bikes i know my worth in the real estate business and um i know my worth in network marketing and uh that's why i'll forever be in this profession it's just it's a it's a beautiful profession um, to me, um, it's, it's kind of my mission. It's kind of what drives me is to make this profession one that, uh, is regarded in a, in a high, at a high level, a high standard. And the only way we're going to do that is if we elevate our game, like we've got guys, we've got to be better as distributors. Like we've got to treat this as a profession. As soon as you see it, don't play around with this thing, man. Like this is where else in the world can you determine when and how you're going to work? It's just, it's incredible. It's, it's almost unbelievable, um, but it's for real and it's here and I love it. Boom. Mic drop. If these mics could drop, they'd be dropped right now. Absolutely awesome. Brandon Cunningham, Mass Pro 10. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for hanging out with us at the corporate office. The weather outside has been a little crummy, so I apologize for that. Other than that, you know. It's awesome. Thanks for having me here. Um, I appreciate all your contribution. We go back a long ways, dude. Appreciate yeah. everything you've it's done. It's been good. Yep. It's been fun. We'll see you later, Activation Nation. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to the Activation Nation podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Tell your friends and share your biggest takeaways from today's discussion with anyone who could benefit from them. This episode is sponsored by Life Vantage Legacy, a nonprofit dedicated to improving lives and building a lasting impact for those in need around the world. Learn more at lifevantage.com. We look forward to sharing more with you during next week's conversation. Thanks for listening and being an important part of the LifeVantage community.